0: Thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica Podcast. I am Mustafa Sharif, an urban planner, and you're more than welcome to join my big journey of exploring the making of smarter and more livable cities. Please don't forget to follow Urbanistica on the different social media platforms, and also Let's Connect on LinkedIn. Big thanks to Urbanistica Podcast partner, AFRI. AFRI is an international engineering and design company providing sustainable solutions in the fields of energy, industry and infrastructure. Are you ready for a new episode? Let's go for it. We have a new storytellers, it's going to be a really great episode. I have the pleasure to welcome Oskar and Alexander to Urbanistica podcast. Hey and welcome. Hi, I'm Mustafa. Thank you so much for being here. You are our storytellers for this episode. I would love to know more about you. We'll start with you, Alex. How would you like to introduce yourself? Tell us about your background, your passion?
1: So uh, basically, first of all, thank you for this great uh, opportunity in our studio to record with you this podcast. Um, Real pleasure. Um, I'm an exchange student from Munich, Germany, and this is actually my last um my last year here at uh the KDH. um i'm going to do my master studies or well, finish my master studies back in germany here and been passionate about architecture probably um since i uh, started thinking about building houses um uh, my parents uh worked with an architect together to build their um house and that was the moment i got infected and now here at the KDH, it um, it's a whole new episode that got added to this history because this whole aspect about thinking greener and um, thinking more about nature uh, came to it, and that was a really nice, more or less new field that uh, laid laid ground in front of me, and I'm really looking forward to investigate it much more.
0: Yeah, great, great to hear that. So when you will be back home, you will like draw more greenhouses. Or well, <laughs>
1: Probably. <laughs> probably. Uh, I don't really know if, if this will <laughs> turn out like this, as I imagine, but uh, we hope for the best.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for being here and Oscar, tell us about you, give us a highlight. About you, what are you passionate about? Uh,
2: so hey, yeah, I'm Oscar. Uh, I'm an exchange student at KTH. Uh, I'm I from uh, Switzerland, from EPFL. I'm actually doing my uh, third year uh, in an exchange right now, so following the masters program here because it's because the bachelor is in English, uh, is in Swedish here. But um, I guess yeah, what I'm passionate about. I mean, yeah, it might be the easy answer, but uh, yeah, I guess architecture is something. I've been wanting to do for quite a while. Uh, I've been, yeah. I mean, my mom um, has done actually architecture studies. Never really uh, worked in it, but uh, that's kind of a, an inspiration and something, uh, yeah, that made me go in this direction. Uh, I think and yeah, really, really enjoy uh, enjoy this field. Uh, yeah, and it's been it's been three awesome years so far uh, studying architecture. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. And let's talk about this course, like you were divided into groups with different focus areas. So, Oscar, what has been the focus of your group? And, and also, like, who was who was in your group as well?
2: So in our group were three people. So there was Alexander and myself and uh, someone else called Gabriel who was in the group who couldn't be here today with us. Um, but uh, our focus for this group was we have different we had different themes and our theme was legal boundaries. And basically we kind of, uh, the, the theme legal boundaries uh, kind of was complicated for us. We weren't really sure what direction to go to. So we actually, during the whole project kind of went in different directions, tried different things. So we kind of focused in the first place on, uh, on legislation concerning like the relationship of the city of Stockholm with the environment in general. And uh, kind of seeing what kind of protected areas exist in Stockholm and how much others is there uh, as well. Uh, we also went afterwards in a direction more, and uh, this histori- historical research about the notion of power and how the, the notion of power existed in Stockholm. Um, and then one big, uh, big thing we also focused on was the National South Park in Stockholm, and especially uh, Grunalu the amusement park that's on uh, the island of And That was uh, some, some place that we studied quite a bit. With also back and an island close there, uh, and we yeah we really studied this place and did a lot of research on it, and um, and also created then future projection I guess that we might talk about this later.
0: Yes, exactly, very 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 interesting. And Alex, like your group started out doing a map analysis. So what did you discover there?
1: I think the most interesting aspect we discovered when we analyzed the aspect of legal boundaries was that there was so many areas overlapping each other actually. So one place could have like several um, legal boundaries and uh, that was one interesting aspect. So you had to kind of cut yourself free and look out what do you have to uh, um, follow or what rules do you have to follow when you investigate one place. So I think that was a real interesting strategy or we we try to develop a strategy on how to approach a project when you um when you come to a competition or something so what are the legal boundaries we uh, one has to follow when approaching a project and um, i think what was also quite interesting for us um oscar and i being kind of of, of broad students one from switzerland one from germany was that in sweden you have on one side many legal boundaries but also on the other side there's this big notion of the um everybody is right so that everybody is allowed to um travel and to explore nature um when he follows certain kind of ground rules and i think that's also a very important aspect for one when uh when discovering nature and that was also something we tried to follow up uh, on our following research then
0: Yeah. And when you say like overlapping areas, what do you mean? Which kind of areas you mean?
1: For example, um, the uh, shoreline protection rules um, are basically um, spreading out towards the water area, but also 100 meter inside the land. So there's a possibility that um, those rules, those water protection rules, which basically um, give permission or uh, don't allow somebody um, to build there or to change something on its building there um, could also overlap with other rules for example in the nuts and nuts that's parking like um, the kind of protection rules for nature so one has to um, find out for himself um, what is there to follow uh, are the rules kind of coexisting, or is there a certain kind of hierarchy and i think that's quite important and quite abstract as well uh, which was quite a problem for us in the beginning but um when working with it one uh one develops a kind of strategy um which helps one architect especially young architects as we are right now um to approach future projects
0: yeah yeah i i can imagine like it's a really big challenge and oscar looking back historically like how was the relationship between human practices and the landscape in relation to your topic
2: I think, well, something we kind of looked into historically was uh, the Nakhonelsus Park and Jew Garden and this whole area that used to be uh, basically a change really like quite a lot over time. And it used to be these uh, hunting grounds, private hunting grounds for the king. And that was the king's land, the king's resource uh, land and all the trees that were in there and the animals that were in there. And, uh, and over time it, this shifted a lot and there's a, a, like a few examples of different places that really straight that. So your garden is one, uh, where, well, yeah, it used to be this King's hunting ground and became now this very public, uh, public place, like natural, natural park. And there's also the example of yard that's in, in Stockholm that kind of shifted from, uh, it used to be also like a place for, uh, the King's uh, cows and sheeps and it, and then became a. A, a like military training ground as well. So also quite private. And then over time it shifted and became more and more this public and an important place actually for public because this is a place where a lot of uh first made demonstration took place. Uh uh and and yeah basically this this place of yard that really shows this shift from uh historically like yeah the king's land towards basically the, the public 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 spaces um uh yeah and i think that that really shows that because and and the transition on yardage from really this private uh private military ground and then to a place that really i've seen a lot of demonstration a lot of uh, new things arrive in politics uh, the people kind of taking over the king's power and then coming towards this very yeah public place that uh hosts a lot of events public events concerts and and festivals etc and that's i think one place that really illustrates this idea of this shift
0: yeah it's it's super interesting like to follow this uh, story alexander what do do you think like um if you compared with today what insight does it give
1: Mm, maybe following up on oscar's thoughts nature as a resource back in the days kind of in uh, historically seen um i think now nature become this more um resource for leisure and for uh relaxation and this more quality resource kind of um back in the days it got exploited a lot like most of the oaks in Dürer garden were planted for uh, shipbuilding, for example so there was a proper reason for them to uh investigate or to invest in future actually in future uh, in, in uh, nature's future and now um the garden, um interest group as well and also um the politics, are interest, are more interested in this notion of um, leisure of nature. So I think right now, um, seeing your Garden not anymore as this kind of um, resource for economy, but the resource for people, um, a resource for us being in this kind of modern world, um, quite stressed of our all day living and working and stuff, seeing the importance of nature as a resource for us to kind of refill our resources inside kind of and the energy that it gives us
0: exactly exactly to, to recharge ourselves
1: exactly yeah
0: mm-hmm. and oscar you talked about like the story the journey uh, during the history like take us to the future how do you imagine the future and why specifically this scenario
2: yeah i think there's uh, probably multiple scenarios that we kind of uh, thought about one would be probably following on what we said about the this layering of legal boundaries maybe it might become even more complex with even more legal boundaries on top of each other uh creating even more like making it even more complicated to to build or to to make something new but also it could go the other way around and instead go with the reducing and kind of simplifying the legal boundaries but also i think something really important that we thought about and that was uh quite the central a central point for this the entire studio was that in the future we imagine that um uh, everything that's going to be built everything every future project will be probably more and more in connection and working with nature and working for nature as well as well as for human not yeah, not only building for humans which uh we have been doing for quite a long time in in most of the world but also now thinking more and more uh, of of the surrounding nature and working with with it, uh, and that was yeah really central for the studio. That's really something we 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 looked into, and um, and yeah, I guess for example uh, we we have quite a, a good example of of uh, the island of Beckholmen which we studied quite a lot. Which is uh, a a small island that's just outside uh, Gothenburg, the amusement park. And this island is. Um, Basically, used uh, it back in the days was uh, like had industries on there and was very very polluted because of this industry. And quite recently, uh, it actually has been uh, like the city of Stockholm actually put a lot of money and effort to clean the entire island and basically to vacuum the entire soil of the island and replace it to completely clean the island for the future, basically. And so I guess yeah, this this notion of the like yeah the the nature and the connection with nature and this. Uh, the important nature, importance of nature is taking more and more, yeah, importance. I think in the, uh, will, and will even more take importance in the future. And I think about Beck Holman as well. Something very interesting. We saw a, a, a student project that was, uh, I think, from KTH as well, where someone imagined a future for Beck Holman after the cleaning was already done, and um, and it was quite interesting because he th- this person basically made. Uh, imagined in like different steps not all of a sudden but that this island would become completely a park and given back to nature because today there's a lot of basically it's a it's a shipyard so there's a big big holes for like to put ships and repair them and and he imagined just completely leaving it how it is but just given back to nature over time and creating an entire park there and i think that's something that's uh yeah that's very interesting and that's probably going to be a even more important in the future. And that's something really focused on the studio as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. Very, very interesting reflection, especially about like bringing back the nature to the, to the city, you know, and Alex, can you tell us more like about what have you chosen to move forward with your, within your like design projects? Like tell us more about the design.
1: Yeah. um, Basically Oscar and I, um, chose to continue um, as a two-man group. Uh, so Gabriel was kind of um, separate, working on this aspect of uh, garden and its shoreline, actually, which interested us a lot. So the connection between humans and nature seen on the shoreline um, as the studio was kind of focusing on the excavated stone uh, of the Masa project as a resource. So um, we thought of how could we use this stone to, um, adapt or to alter this shoreline um, and therefore this connection between human and uh, nature and we chose to kind of break up this right now reinforced concrete hard edge shoreline and to kind of try to smoothen it up a bit <clears throat> so we tried to um to build like artificial islands in front of this um, southern shoreline of Tiergarten um to create different kinds of habitats both for uh, land species as well uh, for water species. And um, we try to um, manifest this on the species of the Ada duck on one hand, being this kind of land nesting animal. And on the other hand, um, try to to build um, uh, habitats for fish and mussels underneath, which are also quite a big uh, part of the kind of Life circle of the Ada duck as it relies a lot um, or the diet of the Ada duck is relying a lot on muscles, for example so we tried to um, to develop this shoreline as a kind of coexisting place a kind of co-working space for nature and uh, and humans um, because we thought of um, this aspect about um, education also kind of um, relying back on this notion of the everybody's right because when experiencing nature one is educated about it and therefore knows more about it and knows the qualities of nature so that was one kind of ground laying thought of our work Um, and we tried to manifest this in our project um, in um, different interventions actually so the artificial islands were one part of it and on the other hand we tried to implement some foley's kind of um, alienated kind of objects um, or alienated in the beginning we then tried to um, integrate them more in this kind of aspect of natural natu- uh, nature reserve um, then so we uh, implemented different um, um, attractions or activities actually in the area of Djurgården with um, some bathing places where it is possible at least and uh, where the uh, other species or the animals are not interrupted in their nesting season, for example, then we thought of um, a cultural platform where one is um, able or where the humans are able to, um, to experience um, nature through culture, through art, through um, educational uh, events. And then on the very last um, aspect, or also on the tip of the island of garden we implemented a birdwatch tower which was also kind of our key um project for this uh, for this year we tried to focus on so we um developed this notion of a birdwatch tower being also this kind of coexisting place so we had this kind of core element um standing on the basis basically and then the facade building up this shell the core was meant for the Uh, humankind to kind of raise up on this uh, on this outwatched um, platform and the shell which uh, that was the kind of most important part for us because it built up this second layer where the birds could nest and so we thought of this tower being a very vibrant structure where one could feel the other um, existing species quite quite uh, immense kind of so we thought of um, the whole project being those interventions where coexisting is much more um, in our center of um, of research than just separating one species from another, and um, it was more about this kind of synergy created by the relationship when existing side to side.
0: And I I really see like the DNA of the project is like as you say the co is existing like it's it's like exactly. the beginning yeah. like how we coexist with the, with the nature and, unfortunately, by, by, by the time cities went developed being separated from the nature.
1: Absolutely. I mean, that was also a nice thought. We um, talked in the studio and especially in our group about that landscape became this kind of new layer or another just another layer which is there to be designed, but it became this kind of separate part, so one architect could design a building and not think about the landscape at all um, because the landscape architect is actually dealing with that so i think that was an essential part about this whole studio actually trying to investigate the relationship between landscape and urbanism as the title is and how the how one could profit from another so i think that was also one very key aspect for us um, to investigate that one much more like from the beginning thinking about the landscape and architecture side to side from the beginning
0: exactly exactly and this is also like back to the to what you talked about like the coexisting of like architects and landscape architects should like together not architects do something then they give the project further to landscape architects so it's very important and i think this studio is highlighting this uh how to say this important aspect of developing our cities oscar your group have been in contact with many people People, professionals from municipality industry experts within different fields so how has it affected your work and also like your view of the architect
2: yeah i think uh, something that really affected me and us as well as a group was we had a lot of lectures and and meetings with uh, a lot of biologists and people who worked with uh, this notion of of the nature and how to yeah like pre- pre- like preserve the nature And that's something that was really important, as we talked about before, that our project is really in this idea of uh, coexisting coexisting, uh, with nature. And I think yeah, that's something that was really really nice uh, to to have. uh, Yeah, people from other fields uh, than architecture, because usually, at at least in my uh, previous uh, years, uh, most of the lectures I've had were from other architects that were working on kind of the same topics as us. But right now. But this year we had like a lot of of people from like very different fields. We also had, of course, architects, but yeah, biologists and people interesting on on uh, biomimicry, things like this that were really important and that really like kind of helped us understanding how uh, how to make it work together, uh, like yeah, the, the built environment and 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 human and nature basically. And that was something something very very nice and very important, I think, uh, for the for this project. Yeah.
0: Super interesting uh, reflection, Oscar. I, I would love to know, like, how has this course affected you?
2: Well, I think uh, how has the course affected me? I think, uh, yeah, this it's really this notion that we've been talking about a lot uh, previously in, in podcasts, but it's really this notion of how to, to design with nature and for nature as well as for humans. And I think, uh, yeah, that's something that I really didn't encounter before uh in uh, in my studies uh because i well i'm only in third year i didn't have a lot of opportunities to encounter that kind of ideas and i think here in the studio this that there was like a lot of importance on this aspect and i think that's something that really affected me and that probably will uh, that's something that i'll probably have at the back of my head for the rest of my project like uh, project uh, i think at, at all times yeah.
0: yeah yeah how about you alex Like, how has this course affected you?
2: Um,
1: I have to say, as I've been in uh, architectural practice for now, almost seven years, um, like aside to my studies uh, all the time, um, which is focusing more on private houses and this kind of more, um, I I don't want to say luxury buildings, but um, it's this kind of higher standard for private houses. And I think that is also um that is also a field which isn't that much kind of bothered by nature or the important parts of nature because that one or that's a field which is um which is quite represented right now in the public buildings and stuff but i think um it comes or when one wants to make a real impact those aspects of nature and uh coexisting as i talked before about before, they have to um, get into the thoughts of everybody of us. Like when building uh, one private house back home, one can do so many things which are important or which can um, also create a real impact. And I think that's an aspect um, that the course um, kind of affected me in that way, that I want to um, investigate those kind of small structures. Uh, much more when it comes to this relationship to nature. So architecture for every single one of us in relationship with nature and how those could coexist or um, create synergies out of it. Um, that's something I'm really interested in now or want to investigate much more in the future then.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sup- super, super interesting. I-, I can see like how much this course or the studio affected both of you. and. I'm happy to see that uh, talking about the coexisting, it's it's amazing. And let's take the last two questions for this episode. So I will ask each one of you to tell us what has been the biggest lesson that you learned from this course and then give the listener one takeaway message. So we start with you, Alex, uh, your, the biggest lesson you learned.
1: The biggest lesson I learned so far in this studio was probably that one should always be aware of its own boundaries and should be aware when to take someone else's help. Because we've been working with so many biologists and different characters and different professions, um, which showed me again how little I know actually in the field of architecture. So I can basically just say to, uh, to your listeners or to the listeners of the podcast, always try to um, go out, talk with people, talk with different professions. Um, No matter how much you think you know, um, you could always learn more about nature and uh, your own profession in architecture then.
0: Yeah, I love it. And actually, this is why I started the podcast. There's always space to learn about interesting things. Thank you so much, Alex. Oscar, so what has been the biggest lesson?
2: I think the the biggest lesson for me, uh, well, something I really realized here, really studying these legal boundaries and Stockholm was because yeah, since uh, I told that before, I'm, all, I'm only in third year, so I haven't like been in architecture that much. Never actually practiced architecture, and I kind of realized by studying these legal boundaries how complicated it is and how much legislations there are uh, on on well, when when you want to build something or create something and actually there's one very good example that we we encountered during the research was the example of the amusement park on on Garden that wanted to have an extension uh, on the site right next to it and uh, and basically encountered a lot of problems uh, from legislations because it's part of the national park so there's a lot of, of leg- yeah like rules to build etc and also from the, the the people living around that didn't like that kind of said yeah we don't really want this and that were complaining about for example, it would make no more noise and also all these questions about the yeah, shoreline accessibility and everyone's right. Uh, that would might uh, that might be like not not possible with this new new extension, etc. So, yeah, and I and like seeing kind of the, this process, I kind of we kind of read about this process of of trying to make this extension. Revenue, and I really, yeah, that's something I realized really how complicated it is to <laughs> to build and, and to. Yeah, to like think of a project since there's so many legislation and things to think about around you yeah
0: yeah it's it's very like it's it's very it's more than complicated it's complicated more than what we think or wish
2: yeah at least uh, at least when when we study when we're studying i think architecture we don't really encounter all the legislation we like the teachers tell us you can make something kind of a bit crazy not totally doable because it's a student project and you can like more enjoy uh, doing something but and, and go a bit a bit further. But then, yeah, you have when you encounter these all these legislation might be more complicated.
0: Yeah, I think this is what like you're very cool with uh, with being a student, like there is no limit, you know, like just go for it. And and this is good for being creative because in the end, when you start to work, there are a lot of like, you know, boundaries and you need your creativity that you learn in the school, like how to to manage this in reality. So what will be your uh, takeaway message?
2: Uh, well, I guess uh, then, uh, uh, I don't know who's listening exactly to the podcast, but I guess if you're a student, enjoy what well, you can, uh, not dealing too much with the legislations. And uh, and and yeah, I guess it's kind of a problem, kind of what Alexander said a, a bit, but like, yeah, this, I think there's something very important is this, yeah, thinking of, of the larger picture. And it's actually so, I think, easy to make a, a project where, like way better by just thinking of yeah this natural aspect it's not that hard to think about because you can even if you as an architect don't know much about it you can really get in contact with a lot of people who are very qualified about it and I think it's uh, it, it makes just the project so much better without that much more work so I think that's yeah that's something we should all think about
0: yes thank you so much Alex and thank you so much Oscar for being here
2: thank you Mustafa thank you, thank you very much for for having us
0: well thank you so much for listening to urbanistica podcast i hope you really enjoyed this episode you learned something new and also got inspired by the guest don't forget to share the episode on your social media and recommend it to people you think they are really interested in this topic thank you so much again for giving your valuable time to urbanistica podcast I am Mustafa Sharif, keep up the good work, keep loving cities.